Good morning, everybody. It's great to see every one of you. Great to see you. Hey, uh, welcome to uh, Work in the System. That's what we're going to be talking about for the next couple of weeks. But let me just tell you right up front on Work in this System thing. I learned about it in the first service that I have to walk a really fine line today. And I know that if you've been coming to Crosstown and you hear that I admit I have to walk a fine line, you, you must, your interest must really gotten peaked because I don't mind usually messing things up a whole lot, but today I've got to work. So as you're listening, um, I may not say everything right and I may not put it exactly right, but so if you could give me just a little bit of grace and, and just kind of see the picture behind the frame, uh, and, and, but I think you'll get what I think think God is trying to communicate to all of us. Um, it, it's, a, it's a phrase, working the system, that has some positive and negative connotations with it. We use it a lot in business. You got to work the system. You know, I just feel official saying that you got to work the system. Um, or in money investing. You know, you, gotta, you know how to invest money. You got to know when to do it. You know, like when you buy airline tickets, you have, you have to work the system. I just bought some tickets. I mean, it's going to take a little trip. And it's like, you know, like, you're supposed to buy like on a Tuesday, but travel on a Thursday. Or I might have it wrong. Maybe that's why we've spent so much. But there's a system on when to book your hotel, when to, to book your flight. There's a system in order to like get in shape, all kinds of things. I've done all kinds of program, Beachbody, EM2, uh, uh, PX90, PX, I couldn't do PX90, so I did PX45. Uh, you know, it's kind of like half the program. But there are, there's, there's all these programs and you're always told you got to work the system. Um, there's politics where we work the system, or college. Boy, I would have done so much better if I had found out that you just work the system. It's like, this is what the professor wants. You don't have to read the whole book. You just got to come up with this, and then you can download that. Uh, uh, and I would have done a lot better in the college experience. But most of the time, when we say somebody is working the system, it tends to be in a negative light. It's, it's used more there. For instance, when someone uh, is storing money in an offshore account or some company is putting some money in an offshore account so that they can avoid paying taxes. Technically, it's legal, but, you know, they're working the system. Uh, uh, or maybe somebody or a, or a political group padding legislation so that it looks like they're supporting this idea, but really there's this little part of it where money's going to be going to this personal investment thing that they've got or what they're interested in. And they're working the system. We, we see this happen all the time. Or on a personal level, let's say like dating. You know, guys, let me just say, guys are not interesting, uh, interested in, like they don't wake up in the morning and say, boy, I, I really want to gift a woman with some flowers today. I'm just, you know, waking up, it's like, man, I'm just going to find. No, we buy flowers, and, and I'm speaking for me, maybe I'm the worst part of maildom, but you know, we buy flowers to work the system, all right? I mean, there, there's something about, especially if you're dating, you buy flowers, you take the date out on a real nice dinner, and then you're hoping that this system will produce a certain kind of outcome. Your outcome may have been more Christian than mine, but you know there was this idea of just work the system, man. Just do, do what you got to do. But we use this phrase, work in the system, in a lot of different ways, but usually it's negative. 
And it can also happen with your approach to Christianity. It can be true how we've been taught about Christianity. So I am part of the problem. And churches can be a part of the problem because we'll teach you that there's a system that God has put in place and we'll break out the Bible and we'll, we'll, we'll lay out all this and we'll, we'll decontextualize scripture and we'll present to you these, these ideas about systems you can work. Um, if I give, I will get. Well, you could actually find that in scripture and, and, and I could pull it out and I can present you a system that if you do this, All your bills are going to be paid and everything's going to work out. If you tithe, this is how it's going to work. So what you need to do is work the tithing system. Uh, Or maybe um, I've got to forgive because otherwise I won't be forgiven. There is a verse that sounds like that. Uh, Or maybe uh, if I say I'm sorry, God won't send me to hell. Uh, Let's work that system. Um, Or if I have faith for healing, God will have to heal me. And, and, and healing is a really interesting system. I, I, to be honest with you, I don't get it totally. But I mean, I understand God heals and God can heal and God says pray to heal. But it's like you got to hold your head the right way and then don't stick your tongue out this way. And it's like, and then it's like, well, well, the reason why you didn't get healed is because you have this wrong in your life. And the reason why you get healed, you didn't get this wrong. And it's like, but it's like, oh my gosh, you know, it's like, why is that got to be so freaking hard? I mean, why is there got to be a system if it's supposed to be gracious and miraculous? Why do I have to work a system? You know? So, but, but healing is in the Bible, and the Bible does invite us to, to pray and to ask. If I go to church, God will bless me. A lot of us are operating in that system. I want my life to be blessed, so I'm going to go to church. Some of them have remnants in Scripture. Some of them are part of a system, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that, but but for a lot of us, we come at it working the system. Uh, so let me just expose some of the weird beliefs in our system of Christianity. And I pulled them from a lot of different denominations. So um, for his one, uh, you must stop sinning before you become a Christian. We, we apparently think that, that once you become a Christian, you stop sinning and you have to stop sinning in order to become a Christian. Um, you have to tell your sins to a priest. That's an interesting system. You know, it's like in order for it to be official because he's a representative of the church, you got to have him. Can't just confess our faults one to another, as the scripture says, but we got to get kind of like a guy who's in charge and he represents Jesus and, and then, you know, but that's a system. You go into a little box, talk to a guy about your sins. I'm not saying it's all wrong, but it's got a lot of, bit of, a lot of system involved with it. Um, how about this? You have to get an annulment before you can receive communion. Now I'm talking to mostly my Catholic friends and uh, other folks out there that you might have gone through a divorce like I did, that in order to get, that I was not allowed to receive communion until I got an annulment. I couldn't get a divorce, uh, the, which I already had, but I had to get the divorce and the marriage annulled by proving that this woman or me was not capable of making a marriage work. And then once I got, I paid my $900 to get my stinking annulment, uh, not like I hadn't already lost enough money, uh, but if it's like once I paid my 900 bucks, then I could finally go up and receive communion with the graces and the wonder of God. You know, folks, that's not in the Bible, and it's a stupid, idiotic system that's got nothing to do with Jesus. Okay, so, so you know. Oh, here's another one. Um, you can only use the King James Version of the Bible. I, now, I, 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 some of the older folks are like, oh, no, hold on, preacher. 
But if you're going too far right now, I'm going to tell you this. Of all the, of all the reliable translations of Scripture, meaning that we're trying to go from the Greek, Hebrew, and, and uh, um, uh, yeah, we're trying to go from the original languages and, and put it in English the best we can, the King James is probably the most unreliable. It really is crazy. Now, with what we've learned from Dead Sea Scrolls and some of the other archaeological finds and study in ancient texts, that actually the King James is the least reliable of all of them. But there are some churches that if you use, if I preach out of anything other than the King James Bible, I'm not preaching the word of God. Interesting system. Uh, here's another one. I'm, I'm just stepping all over it today. I told you I was going to walk a fine line. You have to be fully immersed in water. Your body has to get completely underwater in order for you to be officially baptized. I cannot tell you the arguments that go on between the Anglicans, the Presbyterians, the Evangelicals, and the Catholics on not just whether or not you're a Christian or not, but how much water has to go over your body before it's official, okay? And everybody's got their... They're Greek to support it. And it's like, oh my goodness. But that's one of those systems that we have. Uh, matter of fact, I saw a report uh, in, on CNN where I get most of my good information. Uh, I was looking at CNN. There was this Catholic priest three months ago that it turns out he'd been doing ministry for about 30 years. He was baptizing people. And when he would baptize them, he'd baptize them. He'd say, we baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, you know, and that was the baptism. I guess he would probably be sprinkling. Uh, he'd, do, he'd baptize you in the name of the Father, Son. Well, it turned out, somebody pointed out that he was saying the wrong words. In the Catholic uh, tradition, it is he baptizes you in the name of the Father, and Son, and the Holy Spirit. Meaning that Jesus baptizes you, the church doesn't baptize you. So it's not, a, so the church actually has a pronoun issue, okay? And because this guy used the wrong pronoun, baptizing, saying Jesus baptizes, but we baptize, all those baptisms were wiped out for 30 years. The church set up a website, just like as if your dishwasher went bad and you got a recall notification and you had a serial number that your baptism wasn't valid. You know, oh my word, that is ludicrous. Um, there's all kinds, of, I got more written here, but I was told not to say them all. Um, Thank you, Susan. Uh, you have to speak in tongues if you really have the Holy Spirit in your life. It's a mortal sin not to go to church on a holy day of obligation. I'm going to throw another one at you. This is gonna, some of you are going to go like this when I, when I say this. Um, you have to understand the Trinity in order for God, and that Jesus is God in order to be a Christian. And I know some of you theologians are like, wait a minute now. You believe that, right? No, I believe Jesus is God. I believe Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I also believe it is way over my head to totally figure it out. Because if I can put and understand everything about God on a, under a microscope, that would make me God and him not God. So there's some mystery involved in this. But I don't see anywhere Jesus says, you have to believe I am God before you can start the journey. Now, doesn't really make sense to not think he's God, but you know that's only because I know the scriptures. But what about the person who doesn't know the scriptures yet? 
What if the person is just responding to Christ and following Christ, like sitting on the Sermon on the Mount and listening to him where he doesn't talk at all about the Trinity? And just, you know, so, so sometimes we put these these things, these systems in front of people, maybe in the wrong order. Maybe we make the system out to be bigger than, than God. I'm going to give you a couple more, and it's really going to make you nervous. That smoking is a sin more than speeding, high cholesterol, fried chicken, and watching Game of Thrones. Okay? For some reason, if you smoke, you're worse than somebody who eats fried chicken. And, and I have a feeling... The fried chicken is probably going to put me in the ground because I don't smoke. But yet, in some churches, you know, to have people outside before they come in taking their last cigarette and and stomping it out and going in is worse than a bunch of folks getting together after church with a big bucket of chicken, you know, from Kentucky Fried Chicken sitting down and just eating all the biscuits. They're okay, but the smoker's not okay. What is that? That's, That's the system. Um, I didn't mean to go into that southern country. I had to apologize to Chris McLean. And the reason why I, I'm side note, Chris went to the funeral of my father up in, in Boston when my father died. Him and Stacey went up there. And, and while they were there, you know, I've always thought about northerners being like smart. And then the southerners, I always I do these the crazy voices. Well, he got a chance to see what, what New Englanders really look like. As when we took my father to the gravesite, uh, we put his casket in the back of his boat and we towed his boat to the graveyard. So, uh, so Chris looked at me and goes, don't you ever, don't you ever talk to me about Southerners. I'm like, no problem. I got it. You got it. No problem. Okay, here's another one. Um, and it was really cool that we did. Uh, you can't be an evolutionist and be a Christian. That's another system that we've put out there. Okay, I don't, I'm not saying evolution's right. Uh, the older I'm getting and beginning to think about it, it's like I, I'm really, and the more I follow the science, I'm, I'm less inclined to believe evolution is right. But sometimes we have said, well, you can't be an evolutionist and, be a create, and believe in God. Now, I will say you can't be a Darwinist probably and be a Christian because those are two opposing philosophical views um, because Darwinism is not science. It's a philosophical uh, bias on that all things emerge from nothing and uh, how the origin of the species occurs. Not even the or- yeah, origin of the species, not the origin of life. It- it's more of a philosophy. Whereas evolution, but we've told you that you can't believe in evolution and being Christian. That is not true. Okay, I don't know how God made this whole thing. And all I know is only like one chapter in the book of Genesis that lays it out. And I hardly think it was intended to be a scientific treatise on how the origin of the species came about. What it was all about is telling us the teleological purpose of mankind and God's working and intention for you and I to be here and how much he loves us. Okay, just just some thoughts. Um, so those are some of the, we have some other ideas, uh, systems that we're working in. Some of them are not, are not Christian. I'm good enough and I don't need to change. Some of us who work in that system. Uh, my sexuality defines me. That's a new system. That sexuality is, is ground zero for the human species. No, personhood is ground zero for the human species, not sexual identity. Uh, God helps those who help themselves. Oh, here's another one that system that we've kind of, that being poor is more godly than being wealthy. That only wealthy people have a problem with covetousness, not poor people. 
Um, if you're sick, you don't have enough faith. That is bull crap. That is absolute bull crap. Now, there may be other reasons, and there may be some inter- things about what you believe about God that may connect with why we're still sick, and, or we may just still be sick. But, but when we're told these kinds of things, these systems, here's another one. Real Christians don't get depressed. I, would have, I tell you, I pushed that system until I injured my back. I'm, seriously, I was, if, if you were depressed, I would tell you, you need to ride your, read your Bible more. I was going to say ride your bike more, but you may need to do that too. But you need to read your Bible more. And, and oh, Christians, if you're operating in the Holy Spirit, you'll never burn out. You'll never get tired. Your tires will never wear out. Your dishwasher will never break because you're operating in the Holy Spirit. It's like, yeah, where'd you get that? It has an element of truth to it, but not really. Um, so I, these, there's all these things that we put out there. So the takeaway from today, if you, if you don't agree with me on the other points that I made here, is that God is not a system to be worked. Um, Jesus is not to be implemented. Jesus is to be followed. You don't implement marriage. It's a relational thing that you start with. And then you put the system in place to protect the relationship. We just sometimes work the system. And we create all kinds of distortions when we do it. Whenever, whenever Christianity turns into just a system that we're working, it turns into this crazy thing. Um, I'm a big Marvel guy. Not as much a Marvel as I am Star Trekker. Yeah, I'm, uh, and, and Star Wars. The Star Wars is higher to me than, than Marvel. And thank you very much. Um, but in the Marvel world, there's this guy named Tony Stark. And you're probably familiar with him. He's Iron Man. But Tony felt the responsibility to create systems to protect the Earth. So he created the Iron Man suit so he was going to rule with justice on the Earth and wipe out wars and, and all those things. Well, then the... Then, Aliens attacked, you remember Loki and all that group, they attacked the earth. And so he wants to create this defense system around the earth. So what he does is he creates systems. The first system he creates is Jarvis. Jarvis is at, uh, it's kind of like the kit car back in, you know, Knight Rider. It's the voice of the suit that he wears when he's flying around. And, um, but it's kind of like his personal attendant, but it's an artificial intelligence that's keeping track of everything and running all the systems. But then he wants to go one step further and he wants to create a planetary system, something that would go around the whole planet. And so he begins to put that together. But what happens is that at some point, these two systems collide with each other. And the combination of these two systems produce this. They produce Ultron. See, Ultron is the mechanistic representation of the system. But it doesn't really represent Tony Stark anymore. It took the systems that Tony Stark had and to protect, and the mission to protect the earth. And so what it did is it took all the systems, put them together. The mission is protect the earth. So it begins, okay, we're going to protect the earth. Well, humans are ruining the earth. 
Therefore, we're going to attack the humans. And therefore, we must eliminate the Avengers because the Avengers are going to protect the humans. So therefore, we need to wipe out the Avengers. So now the system is attacking Tony Stark. Why? It's because we thought a system was going to protect the earth. Jesus didn't come to give us systems. I have come that you may have life and have life abundantly. Ultron is the perfect embodiment of, a, of what a system produces. Have you ever wondered, you know, especially when an atheist will say why they don't believe in organized religion, they always go to this one, and they rightly so go to this one, is the historical church ends up in holy wars. You ever scratch your head on that one? The Crusades? How do we explain that? How do we explain wiping out Muslim people or anybody that just doesn't believe the same thing that we believe? Or, or maybe, let's bring it on, onto uh, our continent. How do we end up taking women that we think are witches in Salem, Massachusetts? Yeah, talk about your rednecks right there, Chris, huh? How do we take, uh, how do we take witches? And what we do is we float them out in the middle of a, a lake, and then if they sink, they, we've judged them as, well, she wasn't a witch. And if she floats, she's a witch, and therefore we burn her, okay? How the heck did we end up with this crazy system, but yet use the name of Jesus? It's because we stopped walking with Jesus and started trying to implement Jesus. That's how we came up with the holy wars. It's crazy stuff. Let me, let me just tell you, try implementing Jesus uh, and it will always produce some distorted, ugly thing that is truly not Christianity. You try to work God as a system and I'm telling you, you're not gonna like what you become. Jesus, I mean, God is a system and as a system alone, it doesn't work. You're gonna become Ultron. Your family will not follow you because of it. And maybe you're like, you've been lecturing your kids and you've been lecturing your family and you've been telling your coworkers about how they're gonna go to hell and what they're doing wrong and, and you quote them verse after verse after verse and what you do is you give them the system, the system, the system and it's not working. You're wondering, it's like you're the only righteous one on the earth and everybody else is going to hell in a handbasket. It's like, no, you became Ultron. You mechanized a system. The world will not be any better for you becoming this system. Matter of fact, Jesus talks to a group of guys that, that become the system. Matthew 23, 15, he says, woe to you scribes and Pharisees and you hypocrites. You're guys that are all about the system. You travel, travel around sea and land to make one convert, one proselyte. And when he becomes one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as you are. I mean, that's some really strong language. It's like the religious, it's like you're, you're going out there with this system that you're not even living and you're so committed to the system that you're gonna make sure everybody comes to your system and then, if they, and, and then when they come to your system, you make them just as much an Ultron as you are. Folks, let me just say, we do this today. 
you know? Uh, we systemize certain things that we want to... Like, how do you end up with... And oh boy, I'm really on a limb out here, but how do you end up calling Donald Trump the anointed of the Lord? Okay? I'll just tell you, I vote Republican. All right? But what the heck is that? You know? Or how do Republicans, I'm just talking about me, say that you can't be a Democrat and be a Christian? What kind of friggin' system are you working? It's insane. You know, I can cheat on my wife and I can cheat on my taxes, but as long as I don't vote Democrat, I'm going to heaven. Oh my gosh. I am so sorry. Now, I'm not a Democrat, so I'm not going to pretend I'm you. But you guys do the same thing, okay? You think we're all heartless sons of a guns. You know, <laughs> I pulled up at the last moment, you know. But, but that's what happens when we systematize things. We make these crazy statements. The Avengers end up with Ultron the same way the church ends up with holy wars and crusades. Um, so let me ask you what, you, what are you turning into? When you're becoming a new creation, what is it? Is it a, is it a systematic Ultron or are you becoming like Jesus? You can't work God. You can only follow Jesus. It's all, that's what we're called to. A young rich ruler came to Jesus saying, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? What do I got to do to be successful? Give me a system. And, and then he begins to, as he's talking to Jesus, and Jesus is going to challenge him about his system. And then so Jesus is going to take his system and shove it down his throat. It's like, you want systems? Okay, let's do systems. All right? So, so he says, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You're a systems guy. You want a system? I'll give you a system. Uh, do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And, uh, you know, so Jesus quotes his system to him. Not that the system is wrong, but he wants a system. And the young man said, oh, systems. I love systems. I can do a system. All these things I have kept from my youth. And Jesus is like, whoa. Oh, really? Oh, well, let's just, let's, let's do this then. Jesus heard this. He said, one thing you still lack in your system, sell all your possessions, distribute it to the poor, and you shall have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. Ah, the follow me. Not the implementation, Jesus, but the follow me, Jesus. And when the young man heard these things, he became very sad for he was extremely rich because he wasn't willing to exchange his wealth, not with the poor, but for the sake of a relationship. And Jesus looked at him and said, how hard it is for those who are wealthy to enter the kingdom of God, for it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And when the disciples heard it, they said, who then can be saved? It's like, whose system works? You know, what do I got to work? But Jesus said, the, the things that are impossible with people 
are possible with God, in relationship with God, the system emerges, but this God is not apprehended through the system. See, the young man wanted a system to work, not a journey to be walked. And so if you came to Crosstown thinking we have a better system, I have to be honest, I really suck at systems. I mean, my staff complain about it, and if you've been here any while, I'm really not a systems guy. It's just not what I, if you're, if you're going from church to church looking for a better system, you are going to, you are, you're missing it. What you need to do is go to a church looking for a relationship, a relationship with God. That's what it's all about. And I'm willing, you could probably sell it more churches in town if you would look for what we should be looking for. The young man wanted an outcome. Jesus wanted a relationship. He's like, I ain't giving up money for a relationship. I'm looking for, I'll give up money for a system that gives me more success, but I'm not giving up money for a relationship. So you're probably wondering, um, especially if you're a Christian, you're you're probably thinking, well, isn't there a systematic faith? I mean, isn't there systems in our faith? Uh, There is. There's giving, repenting, sharing, serving, forgiving. Uh, There's true doctrine from false doctrine. I'm not saying that there isn't a system of life within Christianity. But what I am saying is that the system emerges from the relationship, but it never replaces the relationship. You know, it's, there are systems in it, yes, but it's, it's about the relationship. Like if I walked up to you and, and said to you, um, uh, hi, uh, I'm a chemical system. Nice to meet you. Or I could walk up to you and say, hi, I'm an electrical system. I could walk up to you and say, I'm a physiological system. I'm a psychological system. I'm a spiritual system. I could walk up to you and introduce you to my systems. I have every one of those systems in me. Okay? No, what I do is I, I walk up to you and introduce you. Hi, my name is Paul. I want you to have a relationship with me, not with my systems. Those systems are part of, you know, I was talking, um, I'm interested in bones because I have a few of them. And um, the bones are, are part of maintaining your form and your strength. That's how your, how your muscles all work. Well, I was talking to Dr. Patel, who's a really great doctor at MUC. And I was talking to him about my thoracic pain and issues like this. And it really got into a good conversation because the problem with a thoracic uh, herniation is that the, in, in the lumbar and in the, in the cervical, they can go back into their original position because there's a lot of movement in the neck, you know? There's a lot of this going on, a lot of this going on, a lot of this going on, you know, I mean, all that going on. And, and so the disc can go back. In the thoracic region, because of the rib cage, everything's like locked super tight. So when something gets, you know, squirted out, the pressure remains, it's hard for it to go back in. And that's just the problem of that area. And, and so um, I was telling him, boy, I wish I could get that thing to work more and I wish I could get a, and, and it can, and I think maybe in my case it actually has happened. But he said, you don't want your thoracic region moving too much. I'm like, why? Because your lungs wouldn't work. And I thought, well, wait a minute, my lungs wouldn't work. He's like, yeah, because most of us think the rib cage is here because we were told uh, that lions attacked us when we were cavemen, so therefore a rib cage evolved so that we could be protected from the lion attack. Um, but no, 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 it, it's all about leverage. See, if your lungs were not in a system, 
that was rigid. He said every time you would try to breathe, your thoracic region would move and your lungs would never fill up. They have to be part of a rigid system, connected to a rigid system, so that they will inflate. Otherwise, your lungs won't inflate without this structure and this system. So every breath requires that I have a system. But I breathe, I don't, it's not about breathing, it's about bringing oxygen to my blood. It's not about bringing oxygen to my blood, it's about bringing blood to my brain. It's not about just bringing blood to my brain, it's about me experiencing consciousness. It's not just about me experiencing consciousness, it's so that I can know you, that I can experience life. But in Christianity, we're all about rib cages. We divide churches over, do you believe in once saved, always saved? You know, is your church a Calvinist or Armenian? You know, um, what's your stand on the second coming of Christ? Do you immerse or do you sprinkle? I mean, it's like, oh my goodness. You're going to wait to join the body of Christ based upon whether or not my rib cage is correctly attached to my thoracic region. Theology, ethics, morals, acts of benevolence, repentance, and so on help maintain the form of my relationship with Christ. It all is about the relationship. It all flows from the relationship. It protects the relationship. It honors the relationship. I can't say follow follow Jesus and not have some structure of response. I can't say inhale and not have some sort of structure engaged. But I need to remember, it's not about the system. See, when my wife and I, me and my wife have a relationship, and because of that, at about five o'clock, we text each other to know when each other is arriving at home. And so at about like 4.30, uh, I should say five o'clock, because one of her bosses is here. So at five o'clock, she'll text me, because she's not on her phone all day. But she'll text me and she'll say, I'm about to leave the office. And then she will expect in a system of me responding, hey, I'm going to swing by the gym. I'll be home in about an hour. And so we communicate. That's a system, but it emanates out of us valuing the relationship. So if you came here looking for a better system, you might have come for the wrong reason. If you have come here to grow in your relationship with Christ, then we will help you do that. That's where we start. And some of it will be the deploying of relationships. Now, in my experience as a pastor and as a person who has followed Jesus, I've known this, without exception, that whenever someone, like myself, has focused um, their Bible study and their pursuit of only systematic theology or perfect morals. Without a doubt, I have not seen this. When when I have like gotten into the theology of God, let me just throw you one that's like really crazy. The aseity of God, does God have emotions? Does God have thoughts? Does he have one thought? Does he have multiple thoughts? Does he have parts? Does he, is he, is he one thing or is he many things in oneness? And, and you know, look what, what this guy wrote and you'll write what, what, Athen, what uh, Aquinas wrote and then you'll write what uh, um, uh, some other dude wrote and you'll read all these things and then you'll have arguments about it and you'll get into, then you'll get into the theology of the atonement 
movement and then you'll get into the theology of this. And, and I have found that the more I have studied the Greek language and, and get into the original Hebrew, because that's what you really need to do is you really got to know Hebrew, you know, and get in all this stuff. I have found that when that has become the, the focus of my life, I fall away from God. It's almost as if God says, yeah, no. Uh, I'm not going to let you go that far, bro. If you're going to turn me into a Hebrew book study, that's not where we're going. Is Hebrew involved? Did God speak Hebrew to Moses? Yes, he did. Was a language involved? Was a system involved? Yes, there was. But it's like I have found that usually when Christians get to the place where they are, when they are disillusioned and falling away from the faith, it is because at some point they focused on the implementation of Jesus and have stopped focused focusing on the personal following of Jesus. So I don't know where you are. If you're measuring your relationship to God based upon your performance morally, you're going to fall away. If you're measuring your relationship to God based upon your biblical acuity, you're going to fall away. Ultron will be the result. But if you're maintaining and pursuing your relationship with God by following Jesus, whether holy or in failure, you're going to do just fine. It's a follow me, not an implement me. It's not formula-based, it's follow-based. Let me close with this verse. This is Jesus. And you tell me if, if I got it right today. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Come to me... All who are weary and heavy laden, you could put in there, you've worked the system, you've worked it, you did the Bible studies, you did everything you could do. You who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy. I do have a system, but it's easy. And my burden is light. Learn from me. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Does it have a yoke? Does it have a system? Yes, it does. But it all emanates out of Jesus, out of relationship. Our mission statement here at Crosstown, it's taken a while to evolve. And forgive me for using the word evolve. That would, I'm just being sarcastic. Um, but it says this, to become learners, lovers, and leaders in our relationship with Jesus in the world around us. We finally figured out that it's, it's about following Jesus. It's about learning Jesus. It's about loving Jesus. Even though it says up there, learning twice. Um, it really is about learning Jesus, learning from Jesus, but also loving Jesus. So I don't know where you are and you came here today looking for a better system. Download a podcast on some success program you can do. You came for, a, for leverage with God. There is no greater leverage than a personal relationship with Jesus. That is the leverage that makes the lungs go out and the lungs come in. Is there repentance? Is there giving? Is there transformation? Is there all that? Is there a rib cage? Yes, there is. But so what about having a rib cage 
if your lungs are not filling with air. If air is not going into your blood and blood's not going to your brain and your brain is not introducing you to the world. So, let me encourage you. We're a people who work everything. We work it and we work it hard. How about we start following? Father, as we enter into this moment with you, we just, we thank you because you love us. And in the middle of all the theology, and there is theology, and all the philosophy, and all the, the observances that there are in Scripture, Jesus says this, Come unto me, all you who are wore out, all you have worked the system, all you've tried harder, come unto me and I will give you rest. Learn of me. So God, we set our hearts today to learn of you. It starts there. We'll never possibly, we'll possibly never figure out whether we evolved or it was all spontaneous. I do know this though, that you intentionally created us and that you love us and that I'm less concerned about the system of how I arrived on planet earth and I'm just grateful that I'm here and that I know you and I know your love and Lord God whatever I can do to protect and to nurture and to grow in that call it a system I'll do that because you first loved me and I want to love you right back so thank you, God. For those of us who are here and we're burnt out and we're tired and we're exhausted and theology and philosophy and, and Hebrew words and Greek words and all that stuff did not take us to the higher plane, today we return to ground zero. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Praise you, Lord. Let me invite you as we serve you communion and I've noted it in the first service and just tell you here our little communion cups are really annoying and it's a bad system because I couldn't get the cellophane on the top level to open up to get the bread out and then when I did I couldn't get the cup to open and then I spilt it on myself when I finally got it open it just so when you take communion and you're wrestling with that, with that little cup, just realize systems will always fail you. But Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ is here for each and every one of us. He loves us. Let's return to that. Let's not just go back to church or going back to doing the right thing or believe in the right thing. And those are all part of it. Let's get back to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. It starts and it ends with him.